worship the King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love and amen you will do great things God you do great things oh hero of heaven you conquered the grave you free every captive and break every chain oh God you have done great things we dance in your freedom Good morning, everybody. Good morning. 
Thank you all for coming and joining us here for this day of worship and this day of celebration. It's a beautiful day and a wonderful time for us to be able to come here and gather together. It's not often that we get to wear lace when we come to church. And so today we are celebrating this day in, in ways that we do not usually do because it is a day of true celebration. If this is your first time here with us, welcome. We are glad to have you here. If there should be a connect card in the P rack in front of you, we'd ask you to take that and fill it out and then drop it in the offering plate and let us know that you've been here. If you have prayer concerns, put it on that same card and then drop it in the offering plate and I promise we'll respond to that. If you're joining us via live stream, welcome. We looked over, realized a lot of people do that and we are glad that you are here too. If you are here for the first time, let us know by going to the address you'll see on your screen and then write us your prayer concerns on that and let us know. We'll respond to you as well, but we're glad you're here. We hope that this hour brings me meaning and, and purpose to your life as well. This is a special event. We are here to worship Jesus Christ, and we are here to honor a servant of Jesus Christ. As Charlotte Smith is, was uh, our minister of music here from the time that the Apostle Paul was crawling. And, and, and so we are, we are delighted to be able to come here today and celebrate her and her ministry and her time with us. Chosen Hawaiian theme, they went to Hawaii this past year and then thoroughly enjoyed that, and so we decided to, to go with that and say thank you both in Hawaii and in, and in English. And you also will notice that there are banners around the room and in the, in the front uh, uh, narthex of the church. Uh, these were done by Charlotte's team, a team that she put together for our church. And so we wanted to display some of those as well this morning, some that uh, we have done. And then we I have a, there's going to be several things that are going to happen, gifts this morning, but uh, we got Charlotte a box of extra soft Kleenex today because believe me, you're going to need it. <laughs> and if you run out, we actually bought two boxes, so you've got that to go with as well. This is going to be a very special day where we're going to try to accomplish a whole lot during the course of this morning, but all of it is designed to celebrate. It's to celebrate Jesus Christ, to celebrate his gifts to us, and to celebrate Charlotte and the gifts that she has brought to Jesus all of these years, both as our minister of music for 21 years and as minister of music at Main Street Church in Christiansburg for 19 and a half years. She has given her life to Jesus Christ as a teacher in the public school system and in the churches where she has been. And so today we come here to celebrate those gifts and to celebrate the fact that our God sees us all as a gift and he gives us the opportunity to worship and to serve. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for giving us a day of life. I thank you for the beauty of the day that we have. I thank you for the, for the love that we get to share together. I thank you for gifting us all to be able to serve you and for the blessings that you give to one another by helping us to bring those gifts to bear on your world. This is a special moment and a special time for us and for you here today. And so we pray, oh God, that everything that we do here is ultimately going to honor you and is going to draw attention to the fact that you are the one who loves us and cares about us and gifts us for work and ministry in the world in which we live. Today, oh Lord, we come here because we want to worship and we want to celebrate. We know that that's what you want as well. So let it be so as we gather here today, oh Lord. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.
my soul's best song oh faithful loving service to to him belongs oh and love lifted me love lifted me when nothing else could help Day. 
much when I say I'm not good enough, when I think it won't be restored, Jesus will lift me.
Thank you. Let's pray together, shall we? O God, in whom our lives find meaning, by whom our lives are sustained, we offer you our praise and our thanksgiving, for you alone are the creator of the universe. Before this world existed, you were God. Before time began, you were God. And we confess that such greatness is beyond our knowing. But you have chosen to know us. As a shepherd knows and calls his sheep by name, you know us and you call us by name. You love us. You care for us. You even became as we are to empathize with us in our humanity. And it is a wonder. It is a mystery. And while we cannot profess to understand it all, we do give thanks for your grace and your mercy and your love. So help us, O oh God, as we seek to understand more fully in the coming days and weeks what it means to consecrate ourselves to you, to set ourselves apart for your purposes. We confess that we're often conformed to the culture and the world around us, and we ask that you forgive us and help us by your mercy to embody a way of life that conforms to the image of your Son so that our service might indeed be holy and acceptable to you. So transform us by the renewing of our minds so that we may know what your will and your good pleasure is for our lives. Empower us by your Holy Spirit that we might live that life as living sacrifices to you. Oh God, even as we have gathered in this place this morning to worship you, we, we also come to celebrate and to give thanks for Charlotte, to acknowledge her many years of leadership and service to you and, and to this church. And we're grateful for all her gifts and talents that you've given her and how she has unselfishly exercised those gifts freely and abundantly with us and among us. We recognize her passion, not just for music, but for you, for people, and for life itself, and how she has used her gifts to bring honor and glory to your name. And we are thankful for how you have used her to touch many lives through the years, and how she ministered to us by her presence and the giving of her time and her energy. We pray that as she enters this new chapter of her life, that you would bless her and bless her family 
in the days, in the weeks, in the years to come. Oh God, we again thank you for this time of worship. We pray that it pleases you. Make us aware of your presence with us and draw us near to you. And as we worship you and offer up our sacrifices of praise and adoration, may our hearts be open and be made tender to your spirit to do your work in us. Change our hearts, mold us and make us into your likeness. May we be like Jesus. Receive our worship of you, for we offer it in his name, the name above all names, to whom we bow down and confess as Lord, the one who taught us to pray this prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning. Uh, first off, I don't really deserve to be here right now. There are other folks that have been in the choir a lot longer than I was. And in fact, uh, the way I got this speaking spot was through really irresponsibility. I failed to send in my message by video before the uh, deadline. And so here I am giving it live. Um, Charlotte, uh, I, I was in the choir. My wife and I were here about 15 years till leaving a year ago for Knoxville. And I was in the choir off and on the first couple of years when I was in grad school here at Virginia Tech. And first thing I want to say about Charlotte, she is patient and forgiving because I would come for uh, three weeks or a month and a half and then I'd disappear for like six or nine months. And I would see her, you know, in church, outside of church, and she never, she never showed any sort of anything but good goodwill and good feelings toward me. And you know what was keeping me from being part of choir was uh, I just don't have time. I don't have time. I got two school-age kids. I got grad school. I got a part-time job. You know what I found out? Whatever revs your engine, whatever feeds your soul, whatever rejuvenates your spirit, that's going to make whatever time you have left over a whole lot more productive. Than, so it's not a zero-sum game. And when I finally figured that out and joined the uh, choir uh, long-term, about uh, 12 or 13 years ago, such a such a blessing and um i've told uh charlotte before that she's the best uh choir uh best music minister i ever sung under and i've been around a few of them i also remember telling uh uh tommy we had a kind of a going away uh dinner before kim and i left told tommy that he was one of the best five or six pastors i ever had too so <laughs> anyway um about Charlotte, she, uh, she truly is music minister. She's not a choir director. She is the minister to the choir and others in the music ministry. Um, she takes our prayer concerns of our own lives and our family and friends to heart, and it's an important integral part of every uh, choir rehearsal. And, um, and it goes beyond that. Uh, I don't remember how many times, Charlotte, you told us, Okay, you know this piece. Now get your head out of the books 
and worship God. Forget about what's written on the page. You know it now. It's in your heart. And now express it in that way. Sometimes there's even a little bit of raising hands or turning around, dancing and that kind of thing. I don't know. I remember someone in the choir doing that once anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that was a really important part. And I know, Tim, you will carry on in that same spirit as well. Um, and then I wanted to say uh, that um, she pushed us. She pushed us to, into a territory that was out of our comfort zone in learning pieces. When you got a, I don't know, 80, 85, 90% white choir singing Brooklyn Tab, you know, Thou, O Lord, and Sanctuary Total Praise, we found out that even us white folks have some soul deep down in there that we just got to dig and find it and let it, uh, you know, let it come to the surface. Uh, and that kind of comes to uh, my final point is a, a little commercial. Uh, choirs are always short on tenors. I don't know why that is, but choirs are always short on tenors. Is that your experience, Brian? Choirs are always suffering for tenors. And uh, don't let those basses fool you. Tenors is where real men go to sing <laughs> in a choir. So if you're hiding your uh, light under a bushel out there, uh, Tim's got a spot for you in the choir as a uh, tenor. And uh, so with all that, I just say, Charlotte, thank you so much for blessing my life and so many others. Aloha, which means hello and goodbye, I'm told. And um, God bless you. Well done, good and faithful servant.
Now each day I follow the one who has saved me. But sometimes the memories fight for my soul. And that's when I stand up and make this confession that my God is able and he's in control. Let's pray together. Lord, let your spirit be upon all that we have done. Let your word speak to us today. Help us to hear the wonder of your grace as it pours forth to us. And help us, O oh Lord, to become a way even more dedicated people than ever because of you. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. In his book, Dr. George Burns' Prescription for Happiness, Take Two Books and Call Me in the Morning, George writes these words. He said, if you were to go around asking people what would make them happy, you'd get things like a new car or a bigger house or more money or a new job or a pay raise or winning the lottery or more kids or less kids or a restaurant to go to, a new restaurant to go to. But not one in a hundred would say a chance to help people or a chance to make a difference. Yet few things will bring more happiness to people than helping others and investing your life 
in a way that truly makes a difference in the world. I think that is exactly what Jesus was trying to get across to us in the verse of Scripture that we're focusing on today from Luke 22, 27. Jesus said, I am among you as one who serves. That was Jesus' way of setting an example for us. He was trying to show us what what is meant by having a joyful life or how to have that joyful life? Let me remind you of something that I've said hundreds of times in the two and a half decades that I've been at this church. Joy isn't happiness. There's a difference in those two. Happiness depends on circumstances. If good things are happening, then it makes us happy. If bad things are happening, it can make us sad or annoyed. But joy comes from knowing that nothing can separate us from the love of God and it comes from knowing that God has given us some unique gifts and talents that can make a difference in the world if we will invest those gifts and talents for the benefit of God and for the benefit of the world we will discover what it means to be a joyful people I was talking to somebody several weeks back but I'll have to admit that I was shocked during the course of the conversation that we were having because this is an individual that I have known for many years and, and I have always respected for many years, but I was very surprised at how it seemed unhappy they were in their lives. This person is indeed a person of faith. They believe in God and they go to church, but even though they are literally surrounded by blessings in their lives and even though they don't have to want for anything materially, they were struggling to be happy with the life that they've been given. I know another person that I have also known for years, and they have all of the things that I've just described. They are in the same business as the person that I've just mentioned, and their business has been very successful, which has given them success in life. This person is surrounded by blessings, and there isn't much of anything that they can't do if they decide that they want to materially they have everything that they need in their lives to to have a good life but the second person that I'm talking about is also a joyful person even though he's had some really hard knocks in his life in the last year because of some things that have happened in their family the first person is struggling and frustrated even though he hasn't had anything bad that has happened to him at all what's the difference in these two people well let me just say, I'm not sure that I'm totally right about this, but observation tells me that the second of these two people sees their profession as a ministry of service to the world around them. What he does isn't just a way to make a living for, him, for himself and his family. His profession is a means for making a difference to people and making a difference in the world. The first person sees his profession as a way to make a living until he can retire and then he can relax and then he can let things go and then he can go do what he wants to do. He's a true professional at what he does, but he doesn't work the way that the first man does. He doesn't see his work as a ministry. For him, it's just a, it's become anyway a stressful way to make a living 
until he can go do something else. The second person that I'm talking about is a servant who uses his profession as a ministry. This man is well into his 70s. He has no desire to retire at all because his business gives him purpose because it helps him to minister God's world. Jesus said, I am among you as one who serves. And don't forget, Jesus said that on the worst night of his life. This was the night when Jesus met with his disciples for the Passover meal. This is the night when Jesus changed that Passover meal into the Lord's Supper. This was the night before the crucifixion, and Jesus knew that he was about to be crucified. But that night, Jesus took a towel and a basin full of water, and he washed the feet of every disciple in the room that was there for dinner. Why? Because he didn't want them to have to eat with smelly dirt. 30 feet right in their faces and he wanted to show them an example of servanthood because he knew servanthood was the avenue to joy. Joy is knowing that in good times or in bad times, we can make a difference if we'll just remember that our calling is to invest in the needs of the world around us. We're here to serve and it's in serving that we humans find our purpose. So how do we do that? Well, the first way that we do that is by taking on a servant's mind. The first face of servanthood is the face of thinking. We're called to think about our lives with the mind of Jesus Christ. We need to consider how we think about ourselves, how we think about others, how we think about God, how we think about our gifts, how we think about our talents. We may or may not, you may or may not know who Robert Robert Greenleaf is, but most people consider Robert Greenleaf to be the father of what came to be known as the theory of servant leadership. He coined that concept, that concept of servant leadership, in a small essay that he wrote back in 1970. He was shocked when that essay and this particular concept became a phenomenon across the country in the 1970s. Greenleaf died in 1990, and the epitaph that he had put on his tombstone says, Potentially a good plumber ruined by a sophisticated education. <laughs> Greenleaf's concept of leadership and a joyful life was about as simple as you could get. He said, if you're gifted to be a good plumber, be the best plumber that you can be. Be the best plumber to, of your ability. And everything you do, do it as a way to make life better for yourself and for others. See your life and your vocation as service to God and to the world. We can serve anywhere God calls us to serve. Our potential doesn't come from what we do. It comes from how we think about what we do. Your attitude determines your altitude regardless of your profession. If you're, a good if you're a plumber, be the best plumber that you can be. If you're the, a flagger with VDOT, be the best flagger that you can be. If, if you're a physician, be the best physician you can be. If you're an educator, be the best educator you can be. Be the best that you can be at what you do and do it as if you are doing it for God and the world. I think that's what Jesus meant when he said, I am among you as one who serves. Some of the best lessons that Jesus ever taught his disciples happened through a simple 
act on the worst night of his life. It came through washing feet and turning bread into a symbol of his body and wine into a symbol of his blood. Jesus took two simple actions and he gave his disciples a clear example of a servant life. And he did it on a night when his spirit was about as low and miserable and worried as it could be. Why did he do that? He did it because he had a servant's mind. When he was faced with a group of men and women who didn't understand what he was trying to teach them, he shifted his mind from worry to service. And that example of servanthood would completely transform how those disciples would live once they had experienced the resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Once they realized that not even death could, could defeat God and once they had experienced the infusing power of the Holy Spirit of God, those people would go out into the world as servants of the kingdom of heaven and that service was going to give their lives meaning and purpose in good times and in bad times. The first face of servanthood is a new way of thinking. The second face of servanthood is a new way of feeling. Or to say it a different way, it's a servant's heart. So how can you develop a servant's heart? Well, there's probably more than one way to do that, but I think the, the way that you ultimately do that is by giving your heart to Jesus Christ because Jesus was the ultimate servant of the universe. He's our role model for how to live our lives. He's our role model for how to live a life that matters not only on earth but also in heaven. One more time, Jesus said, I am among you as one who serves. Our calling is to follow Jesus. And let me assure you, you're never going to feel less satisfied and less useful by following in Jesus' footsteps because Jesus was a life well lived. Jesus' life was the way to the good life. It may not be the way to wealth, it may not be the way to fame, but it is the way to, life, to a life of joy. A reporter once asked to interview Mother Teresa. When he got there, Mother Teresa was changing the bandages on the feet of a leper. Leprosy destroys the tissues and it destroys the bones and it creates a terrible odor that's truly nauseating. When the reporter walked in to see Mother Teresa, he saw what she was doing and suddenly that smell of, of rotting flesh hit him in the face. And when he did, that reporter just couldn't stand it. He turned around and he ran out of that hospice and into the street. He instantly became sick. When Mother Teresa got through with the the work that she was doing she went out to find the reporter and when she did that man looked at her and he said I wouldn't do what you're doing for all of the money in the world Mother Teresa said neither would I but I'll do it for Jesus and I'll do it for the people who Jesus loves what we do here makes a difference for these people and therefore it makes a difference in heaven and that fills my heart with joy even when life is hard investing even when it's hard, that's a servant's heart. And that's the kind of heart that Jesus wants all of us to have. The second face of servanthood is the face of feeling. The third face of servanthood is, is a new way of acting. It's seeing what is around us and then taking the action to try to make this world better, to try to make the situations that we find ourselves in better.
Billy Strayhorn tells a true story about something that happened in his, with someone in his church in the town where he was living at the time. There was a nurse who went to his church. She saw a young man who was squatting down in a hallway outside of the room of an elderly man who was dying. The man had been saying for days that he hoped his son would come to be with him as he was coming to the end of his life, but they had had a big falling out years earlier and he didn't know whether he was going to come or not. When the nurse saw this man squatting down outside of this man's door, she went and she got the young man by the hand and she said, it's going to be all right, I promise you. And she led him into the room and then she leaned down and she whispered, John, your son's here. The old man was kind of sedated. He, he couldn't see very well, but when the nurse told him that, he got a big smile on his face and he said, oh, thank you for coming, James. I was hoping and praying you would be here. Thank you so much. Then he reached out and he took his son's hand. The son sat down in the chair beside the bed and he held his dad's hand all day long. He held it until late that afternoon when the elderly father finally went to sleep and woke up in the arms of Jesus. When the old man died, the son put the man's hand down on the bed and then he had a short prayer over the old man. And, and then he went down the hall to find that nurse. And when he found the nurse, he said, that old gentleman has just passed away in that room. Who was that man? The nurse was horrified, and she looked at him, and she said, I thought that was your dad. And the man said, no, I've never seen him before until today. And the nurse looked at him and said, then why didn't you tell me that and just leave? And when she did, the young man said, because it was obvious that that man needed a son to give him comfort. And I figured the best thing that I could do with my day was to sit and hold his hand and be his son so he could go to God with a little more peace. That young man didn't just talk about Jesus. He acted like Jesus. He was a servant of Jesus. He saw a need and he became the spirit of Jesus to that dying old man. He entered that room through that young man's, Jesus entered that room through that young man's actions and he brought the peace that passes all understanding to that dying man's soul. God wants to use every one of us in exactly the same way. You don't have to be the world's greatest preacher or the world's finest missionary or the world's best Sunday school teacher or the world's best minister of music to make a difference in the world. The only thing you need to make a difference is to give your life to the Lord and then to give your gifts to your part of the world in the name of Jesus Christ. If you do... It'll make a difference in this world. And if you want to find a life of joy, then give your heart, give your mind, give your gifts, give your talents, give your actions to Jesus and do everything that you do as if you're doing it for the Lord because that's what love is. It's the only thing worth life and death It's the first moment and the final breath 
It's a broken heart keeping a solemn vow and a lost soul being found. You pray for faith when it's hard to believe. You choose to stay when it's easy to leave. And when hope is gone, you're the one who keeps holding on. That's what love is. When you give until there's nothing left, and it makes you give the very best. That's what love is. It can make you laugh and make you cry. It can let you down and lift you up so high. When you find the only reason left to live, that's what love is. That's what love is. It's the dream you give up for someone else. It's being strong when you're weak yourself. Though it tears you up, you trust again. Hatred loses and forgiveness wins. You turn your cheek when you want to fight. Sell all you have and lay down your life. And when hope is gone, you're the one who keeps nothing left and it makes you give the very best that's what love is it can make you laugh and make you cry it can let you down and lift you up so high when you find the only reason left to live that's what love is And holding on so someone else will know love is in the not letting go when you give until there's nothing left and it makes you give the very best that's what love is it can make you laugh and make you cry it can let you down and lift you up so high when you find the only reason left to live that's what love is that's what love is what love is. 
there's a copy in your bulletin of the Lord's Prayer in the Hawaiian language. We were going to do the Lord's Prayer in that language today, but we were afraid somebody might come in and think we were speaking in tongues. So we just decided <laughs> not to try that. We hope you'll take that with you and, and enjoy that. This is truly the day the Lord has made, and it's not over yet. We're going to join together downstairs for a good meal and enjoy each other's company and have fun together. And so I'm going to bless the food here and going to say our closing prayer here, and then we can go down and, and begin. Make sure that the Smiths are the first ones in the line down there. Just let them get out first. The rum cake ready. Yeah, I was going to say, there's rum cake down there, and there's been some saved just for you, So because I'm going to get to it too in just a minute. <laughs> Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this wonderful day. I thank you for the opportunity to come here as your people. I thank you for the blessings that you have given us through Charlotte and Steve for the last 21 years, through the joy that we have experienced in the music that we have heard for so long, for the grace that we have seen come to life and through their lives, through the pastoral ministry that we have seen through Charlotte and so many situations and occasions. We come here to give thanks, Lord, for the gifts that you give all of us, for the blessings that you bestow upon us. Help us, Lord, to know that love is our ability to step into those situations and make a difference no matter where we are and what we are doing. Make it so in our lives and in the lives of those that we touch. Lord, be with us as we go to eat today. We know that you have already blessed the food because it is there for us. You have blessed those that have prepared it. Bless us as we eat it, Lord, and let it bless our lives so that we can be strengthened to be the best servants that we can. Now may the Lord bless and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you peace this day and every day, now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. You've been a good pastor. Great friend. Great friend.